Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another episode of Fox Trick. I am your host, Matt Brady. Joining me, as always, is Thomas the Motos Davis and Alan Thomas once again. Um, today's topic is we're going to spotlight some more RPGs. Um, this time it isn't necessarily JRPGs, although I'm pretty sure that's what we've all picked today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to have two RPGs today and just kind of talk a little bit more about them. And just kind of hopefully spotlight them for people who maybe haven't played these games or whatever. And we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. And Alan, you are going first. Awesome. Well, uh, I wanted to get something a little more recent. Pretty much everything we've talked about has been older stuff. So uh, I looked at my collection. I decided it's a classic series, but it's the next to newest, well, third to newest incarnation of it. Tales of Graces. Uh, Now, in the U.S., it has an F on the end of it and not (laughs) just one of those weird naming things that happened when it got ported here Uh, originally released on the wii um and then ported here in 2012 uh at the ps3 version um you would think maybe like there's some weird stuff about that it's a perfect port you don't notice anything control wise or graphic wise it's cell shaded the animation is really crisp and uh, the music, like we talked about in a lot of our games, is also just on point. There's yeah. so many different uh, sceneries, different action scenes, different characters. And uh, the unique thing to this Tales, Grace, the Tales series is, like other JRPGs, when you get into a battle, you transfer to a different screen and the battle happens in, you know, like an arena. It's not turn-based, though. It's action. So... Um, you you know you control your character and uh, depending on the character you control whether they're you know more mana magic based or melee based melee based characters use a lot of combos and you have two different types of attacks and four different ways you can make attacks with that type so you can chain up to you know eight different moves together to kind of bounce the enemy or to to uh, you know stymie them so that you can keep attacking longer and your opponent your allies magic can hit them and stuff like that so uh the other unique part of that is it's multiplayer so you have uh uh, three characters in the battle and those characters can be controlled by your friends right there with you yeah was this the first one to do the multiplayer because i know i know zillia has multiplayer but i know i don't believe like symphonia does because i've that's like the only one i've in the tales series i've played is symphonia um, I've, I'm fairly certain that Vesperia on 360 had it as well. Had multiplayer. And 
Uh, there was another one, Tales of the Abyss, and I think that was on, that was on PS2. PS2 and yeah. 3DS. I believe it got a 3DS. Yeah, yeah, I, I rented it on 3DS for a while. Yeah, absolutely. So these games are all over the place, but despite how many of them there are and, and how quality some of them are, they're, they're I mean, they're not even really like a shadow of what how many people know of Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Tales series is huge. There's, like, there's a lot of games across... I mean, I think it started on the Game Boy Advance. I think it was Super. I think there's a Super Nintendo one. Oh yeah, you're right. There is, there is. I mean, mostly. I mean, I mean, Maurice. Uh, yeah, Tales of yeah, Tales of Fantasia for the. Uh, uh, well, yeah, it was it was originally on the the Super Famicom, the Japanese SNES, and we got the Game Boy Advance version of it. Ah, yeah, and it was. I know it was on there. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Like the the Tales series doesn't have as much recognition as say the Final Fantasy series when there's just as many games and they're all big. I At mean, least not in the West. Yeah, not in the West. Yeah. I mean, oh, in the East, they they were literally based off of a series of light novels in in the East. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Like several of the first games were actually based off of actual books. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um. I mean, I've played. The only one I've played in the series, sadly, is uh, Symphonia. I'm still working on that, but because I bought and that one, that one just got a port to PS3. Pretty yeah, recently, that's right? that's the one I got. Yeah, but I had played it. I had played it on the GameCube, um, and sadly, I don't still own that copy because it's quite valuable these days. The if you have the actual like GameCube uh, Tales of Symphonia, because it was really like the only. Symphonia was like the only RPG on the GameCube. There what? Were, there weren't that many. There weren't that many of real of real uh, RPGs on the GameCube. There was like five. Uh, I don't believe that, but you're right <laughs> that there weren't that many. Uh, but there were definitely more than five. Okay, there was there was Tales of Symphonia. Uh huh. There was Fire Emblem, at least in the West. There was. The Skies of Arcadia port. There mm-hmm. was Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Yep. Um, Both Bait and Kratos games. Yeah, Bait and Kratos games. Uh, there was like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was... I want to say there was a couple older ones ported to the GameCube as well. Yeah. So, I mean... There's also Fantasy Star Online if you count those. Yeah. Those would be more action RPGs, right. though. But so okay, so I mean, like, that's about it. There really, there really weren't. There, <laughs> and like, me, I think most people, like, if you look at most like top ten lists and stuff on that, like that, like, Symphonia is considered like the top, like the pinnacle RPG on the GameCube. Yeah, yeah it was it, it was pretty uh, pretty light. Um, but now we've got. Uh, I'm glad that that problem isn't as abundant. Oh anymore. no, Zillia and Zillia Two were pretty big. Like Zillia Two is. I uh, got like pretty pretty good reviews, and like everyone who I've talked to who's played Zillia says like it's so it's so good. Yeah, I'm about halfway through that one. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I want to play Vesperia for the 360. I don't know. Vesperia is really good. Yeah, it has like an anime too, or like a one. It's like a movie or. Something. Uh, it has a lot of anime cutscenes. Yeah, I don't know about a full like movie though. Yeah, and that's that's been true of the series since it's been you know on PlayStation Two. Really, you've 
gotten oh, yeah. anime cutscenes that are just they're really well done. They don't oh, look yeah. cheesy Heck, even, like some even, of the Final Fantasy ones because they're really done in a specific style. Yeah, they're done in that like that very anime that very anime style. Because <laughs> like when I when I when I uh, started playing Symphonia I, and I turned on the opening cutscene, I was like, man, did they like? I was like, oh man, they must have added this like in the game. You know, because I was like, oh, they probably didn't have this on the GameCube. So I went back and looked, and it was on the GameCube. I was like, oh, that's sweet. Like, um, anytime, anytime they have, like, good, like, anime anime cutscenes. And, I mean, all of the games are, like, they, they're, they're, like, very similar in style. Like, they all kind of follow that, like, cel-shaded um, kind of art style, and it works, like, really well. Well, I guess Zillia is kind of a de- – I mean, it's a slight departure. It's still in that in that style, but – they they stepped up the quality, but it is still in that style. Zillia, yeah, Zillia's. I mean, Tales of Graces wasn't originally meant for PS3, right? So it was Wii. So they, you know, they did a pretty good job, but Zillia looks just a lot better. Yeah, the yeah the Japanese. Yeah, it was only on Wii in Japan. It was it was not in America. We just got the PS3 port. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean to sum it up, it's a very story driven. There's not a ton of side quests, but the story is really really interesting. There's lots of characters that are really rich to the story. The villain is is great and it's again the same villain throughout. So yeah, okay. you you've built up this this uh rivalry with them. And it's someone who's uh who's a important character early in the game. It's all the way throughout. You know, you get to know that character before he becomes the villain and then, you know, circumstances. <laughs> yeah. So is it is it is this a standalone? Cuz like some of the Tales games take place in like they have sequels. This is a standalone, yeah. As far as I don't know the a lot about the world that Tales works in, but I think most of them take place in in separate worlds, and this one yeah. does. It's it's sort of in a weird uh, like the moon comes into play, um, and it's it's definitely set in its own. Okay. Does it span so, three days? Does it span three <laughs> days? <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a long story. Your no. characters grow up throughout the. Hey man, those three days repeat over and over again okay. <laughs> until 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 you until you save the moon and the, and everything else. Fair enough. So yeah, definitely check it out. And it's I mean it's not expensive. It's been out for a few years. You probably get it for yeah. I, I just I looked at it on I just looked at it on Amazon and the price right now is that kind of flat twenty dollars. So, oh nice. Yeah. So okay. Um, I guess moving on to me, one of the games I want to talk to talk about is also a newer ish rpg um on both the xbox 360 and playstation 3 but the playstation 3 version is definitely the definitive version to get and that is eternal sonata um eternal sonata came out in about 2007 um i think it originally came out on the 360 and then yes like a year later it came out on the playstation 3 um it's kind of a very odd game in that it the story is kind of like all over the place, but the story is about um, Frederick Chopin, um, famous piano um, player, famous composer, um, and it's kind of like towards the end of his life, like like the very end, he started. He was like had like a he was on his deathbed essentially. This is where this game is taking place inside one of his dreams, and throughout the game, they have like so many references not just to him as he is also a a playable character somewhat sort of the main character and i'll get to that in a second um but the game is like very about like music and like music theory 
like all of the characters' names have you know something to do with music. Like um, uh, you have like a character named Polka and a character named Beat, and you know so on and so on. And so the game that that's kind of its focus is this music focus, but it also tackles like a lot of like political issues. Like it's kind of weird, um, and like there's like like they have they kind of tackle like pollution and just like corruption and all of these kinds of things like subtly. And I think like that's really cool. Um, it's cell shaded. It's like a gorgeous, gorgeous game. And the soundtrack, as you would expect, you know, being that it is like of a classical composer is also like a very, very well done soundtrack. Um, the PS3 version is the more definitive version to get um, simply because they added a lot of cutscenes that help explain the story um, as like the 360 version and the original version it's kind of hard like the story is kind of it's almost like the writers like I don't know I don't even know how to describe it it's it's like first of all there's like three main characters there's this character Allegretto um, who you play as throughout like most of the game and then you also play as like Frederick Chopin throughout the um, main part of the game and they're all like together and it's kind of like the the writers didn't couldn't really decide on like what direction they wanted the story to go, and so it's kind of it's kind of all over the place. It's kind of actually difficult to like to really describe like what happens in the story. Um, but the big thing about the game, and probably its coolest selling point, is it has a very very unique combat system. In that, in a way, it's kind of similar to Grandia. And it's also kind of similar to Tails in that you have that, like... So what happens is you're put into, like, a little 3D environment. Um, and you can run around in that environment, but you have a timer. And running, like, movement in, in battle also, like, takes away your timer. So you have to be, like... You have to really, like, strategize. And the game is not hard... is not easy by any means. Like, it is... Like, the battle system is, like, very complex and... You have to really think about, like, your strategy. And you can, like, run behind people and then cancel out their uh, attacks by, um, you know, like, hitting people from behind and so on and so forth. But the big thing about the, the combat system is that um, there will be shadows in the game. And when monsters go in from the light or the dark, they will change. They'll become either stronger or weaker. Like, some are stronger in the dark. Some are stronger in the light. And when you're in the light, you have a different move set than you do when you're in the dark. So it so it adds just like another layer of strategy in like how you have to plan out what you want to do when you're attacking. So it's like this really interesting combat system. And it just it works really, really well. And it's really fun to be in the battles. And it like it and I mean it, it's it's there's no other combat system like it. Like, I have not played any other game with a combat system like this one. And the, the game takes about, I don't know, th- it would probably take like 30 hours, 30 hours to beat. Um, and it's also kind of, like, really linear. And that's kind of that's kind of another, another downfall to the game. But it is definitely, definitely worth playing if you are looking for a game, especially on the 360, as there's not that many RPGs on the 360. So... Eternal Sonata. Have you either have it have either of you guys played Eternal Sonata? I no. actually have. Oh, okay. Well, what did you think of it, Thomas? Honestly, I enjoyed it, but it kind of it kind of felt like it wore on 
yeah. quite a bit. It was a really slow plot wise. Yeah, the story's like all over the place. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it seems interesting at first what they're trying to to put forth, but it just takes them forever to get to the point. Right. And it's not just absolutely gorgeous or super depressing like other RPGs on that system or on that system, yeah. such as. Um, uh, Lost Odyssey. Yeah. But it definitely has its charms, and like you said, the battle system is unbelievably interesting. Oh, it is. Like, it's so, like, like it, it's so cool. Just because it's, like, it, it's just, like, the way you have to really strategize. Because you get, you get, like, a timer, and it's, like, 16 seconds. And that includes, like, hitting people and, like, chaining combos. Then you can, like, stack your combos, and then you can just unleash these, like, superpower attacks. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. No, it's like, it's, I mean, it's, it's worth checking. It's a, it's, especially if you have a 360, obviously the PlayStation version is better. PlayStation 3 version is better. But yeah, it is. For somebody who like doesn't have a PlayStation 3 and you just have a 360 and you're looking for RPGs, it's like one of five on the system. So it is like, it, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely worth playing. And I mean, I think the game is gorgeous. Like, I, I really think like the art style holds together really well it you know like it's def it's cell shaded and you definitely go to like every different region so you have like an ice area a fire area and like it, it really shows like the colors like it that's kind of like a play like they play on the colors and stuff and it's real it's really cool but i mean it, it definitely has its downfalls so yeah it but you really can't you really can't go long, wrong if you're looking for a nice game with the interesting battle system you oh, yeah. really can't I, I mean, there's a lot of RPGs where it's like I plowed through them simply because I enjoyed the battle system. Final Fantasy X-2, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, The sequel that did not need to be. Yes. Okay, so moving on. We're, Thomas, what, what is the game? What is one of the games you've chosen? So one of the games I've chosen is actually Star Ocean, the second story. All right. So, so this is yes, this is a game back when Enix was not part of Square. I know, back when they were partnered up with Triace. I know. When I was looking it up earlier, I had forgotten that it was just Enix, not Square Enix. Oh yeah, two CDs on the PlayStation One, and oh my God, what a trip! So it's it, it's essentially a interesting pairing of sci-fi and fantasy. Mm-hmm. Your main characters are um, yeah, are either the magic using Rina or the technolo- technology and sword wielding Claude and pretty much you're on this it, essentially a, a journey to figure out what's going wrong with the world to fight off a big bad and then things go a little strange mm-hmm. pretty much uh, there's I'm trying to figure out the best way of, of explaining without spoiling anything Oh, it's okay. You can you can yeah. probably spoil it. it. It was a game that came Sweet. out, and you know. Yeah, and that's why I think a lot of people haven't played it now. Yeah, that's probably true. It, you know, it did. It did come out. It came out. Okay, I'm looking. It came at, out in 1998. Yeah. In Japan, and then we nice. got it in 1999. Yeah, so that was right around the time that. What else? Uh, Final Fantasy Nine and a bunch of other mm-hmm. games were coming out. So. Oh yeah, but it is just a fantastic rpg with one of those we've crammed as much as we can into this game enjoy it you got a really wide range crafting system you got a really interesting open area battle system 
but instead of being able to run around at your leisure, you're more of inputting commands and watching the people on the field run them. Mm-hmm. Um, you have in in that you actually have uh, your AI teammates can be given different orders that essentially like pre-programmed actions mm-hmm. so you can tell them to, to hold back or to just go all out where they start casting spells and using their abilities willy-nilly mm-hmm. um, guard heal all sorts of stuff and later in the series I believe you get even more programming commands so you can actually like tell them how you want them set up uh-huh. um, It like I said it has a really just in-depth crafting system with a bunch of different levels or different I guess specialties would be the best way of saying it uh-huh. and then yeah and then you can use those to make items and there's super specialties that actually use the entire team to make better items um, there's two planets to explore there is all sorts of things to do in both the towns the overworld plenty of dungeons and a whole cast of really interesting characters yeah, and aren't there, like, a ridiculous amount of endings to this? There are. There is an ending for literally every character. Yeah. Okay. Every individual character, depending on yeah. your relationship with them, you'll get a different ending. Yeah. And so, to play this game today, um, as this is also a extremely rare game, <laughs> uh, I mean, you're talking, like, $100 used on eBay um, and, like, $500. And it's not on the, it's not on PlayStation Network, which is sad. Which is sad. It's, yeah. yeah, and it's honestly, it's not the only thing missing from PlayStation Network, which is yeah. a total shame. So probably the easiest way to play this today is buying the like seventeen dollar PSP version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the PSP version, the PSP version doesn't change a lot. Yeah, it it changes some names, um, and they change the voice acting for uh, a lot of the characters, mm-hmm. which kind of confuses me a little bit although i guess the remastering the psp the playstation version which doesn't have the best sound quality at times right. um but it's still a, a pretty solid buy yeah and i know and, that i know that the they did a psp version of the original didn't they yes first departure and yep they use in the psp version of the first game they use the battle system of the second game. Cause yes. Because it's, yeah, it's different. I do know that. Yeah. Uh, the, the battle system in the first one was actually, I believe, I want to say side-scrolling, although that might be a later version of it. Yeah. But like, So when you're actually in a fight, you saw your characters on a field, and they just went left and right. They didn't actually right. move right. around a total yep. field. Although I might, be in, I might be mistaken on that one. It's been a while since I played the SNES one. Yeah. Although that one was pretty interesting because it also had voice acting in it. It's an Whoa. NES game that had voice acting. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And so then I know there's another game in the series, um, Blue Sphere, which is like which takes place like two places two ga- two years like after this game. Um it's like a Game Boy color or Game Boy Advance. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I I never played Blue Sphere. Um yeah. and then I know that there's 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 two more in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, one on the PS2 and then one on the 360, 360. which is like a prequel. Well, PS3 right? and 360. That one, the last that one is, is the last one was it was technically a prequel. Um, right. I say technically because it involves none of the worlds or characters involved with the first or in oh, the first really? two, where Star Ocean one and two are one is 
or two is essentially a direct sequel to one. It right. takes place in the future of one of the characters. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Claude is actually the son of one of the main characters from one. Okay. Um, and then the fourth one, I guess, is much, 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 much earlier. Okay. Like Earth, fi- really, uh, Earth finally leaving the planet after a nuclear war devastates it. Yeah. So... And uh, this is one of those games where when they re-released it, they decided to change the title slightly. That's always yes. fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's one of those, like, deceptive ones where it's yeah, like, oh, hey, this yeah, is a new... Oh. It's, yeah, Star Ocean, the second story. Mm-hmm. And Star Ocean, the second evolution. Yeah, the second yes. evolution. Yeah. <laughs> Which and, I guess kind of makes sense because then they named, the, they named, like, the first PSP one uh yeah. Star Something Evolution or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Star Ocean First Departure or something. First Departure, yeah. yeah. And I know that like it, it's see the thing is is like like I, I I played this game a little bit back in the day, but like I always remembered seeing it because it has like I don't know why but I just like always can remember that uh, it, that cover art where it's just like it's just like Star Ocean over that like weird blue like purple orb thing. Yeah, and, like, I'd remembered seeing this everywhere. I'm like, man, like I remember seeing that game so many places. And again, it's another game where I'm now kicking myself because I was like, I could have bought that game and it's worth so much money now. I God. totally did. And I still have my CDs somewhere. They're yeah. not in the best of condition because young me was a jackass when it came to handling his discs. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but I, it still yeah. plays and it's still glorious. Yeah. So probably the best way to play this game today would be buying would be going with the uh, the PSP version. Because I think I would I, say the most accessible way to play this game. Yeah. So. And uh, it's it's weird that we see square enix now and we're just like oh it's the same company for some of us it's probably almost always been that way yeah enix was like i mean they made pretty good games back in the super nintendo days like oh they did i think i still have soul blazer which was like this super fun run around like slice them up oh (laughs) good that game is so good yeah i know i know it's it's weird because i think uh like the first official square enix game was final fantasy 10 right i yeah, I think it was 10. I think, I think 9 was actually Squaresoft still. Yeah, I think it was. Because I think... Hold on, let me... Uh, yeah. let me I do have some me, fond me, memories me pull, about Enix, though, because two of my favorite games came out of that company, which was Star Ocean, the second story, and yes. then also um, Valkyrie, Valkyrie Profile. Yes. Okay, that okay. Was one so of I have it here. Okay. That game is amazing. Because there was one game... So, Square Enix's first game... I think was Final Fantasy X. However, even though Final Fantasy X was a very um, close to being a launch title for the PlayStation 2, Squaresoft did release one game on the PlayStation 2, at least one, because I have it here in my hand. And that was the epic beat-em-up known as The Bouncer. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, The Bouncer. I forgot that game exists. I have, I have an you empty have box for that. I yeah. don't know where the disc went. Oh no! Yeah, I just, <laughs> the I just, saddest. I just, I just, pull, I just pulled it out of my thing. That game is so weird because I'd always remember, like, man, I really want to play that because I always thought it was like an RPG or something, and I was like, oh, you know, like SquareSoft. No, it's nope. not. It's you not. Know. It's not a bad game, but you know, no, it's, it's just not so, what you expect. No, no, no. 
Yeah, that's pretty interesting that Squaresoft's last game on their own was that, and then yeah. when you put Final Fantasy X, once they come together, that was like a, a huge paradigm oh, shift yeah. in like the style of Final Fantasy games. Oh yeah, because their yeah their it, last Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, which was still like it was super artsy and it had the open world, oh, and yeah. then they went away from that and yeah, entirely in ten. Yeah. Well, okay, Thomas. If since w- the way right. we did, the way we did the order today is we did a snake draft, just a classic fantasy football. So Thomas actually gets to go again. Yes, I do. And my second game today is going to be one of my all time favorites, Fantasy Star Two. So good. And oh, you can yes. definitely play this game. Oh, yes. (laughs) This one is the Genesis title. Yes. Um, And it's one of the games I actually grew up with. Yeah. For essentially, it it is a sci fi title that takes place in the system, yeah, the system, the uh, system Algol, or Algo in the second one, uh, where you're pretty much put into, immediately into the game to investigate why these monsters have been appearing on the surface of the current planet you're on. Mm -hmm. Now, what ends up happening as you're going through it is you discover that things aren't quite going as they seem. One of your characters is actually a clone and that there is more... There there are other planets on the system Mm -hmm. or other planets that are supporting life because between the first one and the second one, uh, essentially, space travel has gone into decline, and the reasons for that aren't completely explained. But as you're going through, you discover more secrets about what's going on in the system, what's actually happening. You fight a mo- you fight a boss called Mother Brain, yeah. um, and it it really it really had a unique art style for that point in time. It was it was less super deformed than say the the final fantasy series had been yeah and the battle system was fairly unique because at a lot of rpgs at the time had the enemies on rows up the side yeah so you had your enemies and your allies on either side of the screen well the battle system actually had like sprites of the enemies facing you at the var- very far end of the screen more like um yeah it's ooh. like a, it's like a top down not not a top down no more like more like looking towards yeah. the enemies so yeah it's like kind of like um kind of like those old dungeon crawlers no i would say it's more like, like earthbound wh- that's what yeah. i was looking for yeah, yeah like earthbound yeah um, oh i get what you're getting at matt where you just see like your characters on the bottom and yeah. then they're, they're yeah, spread out across, yeah because the, the first the yeah. first game yeah. the, the first game used the same perspective like earthbound except where it's like it's like a first person where you don't where it's see. it's first person, yeah. Kind of yeah, like you the old Dungeon you don't Crawlers. See, yeah, you, like you don't see. And this one, it's... This, this one is, it's it's like directly behind your guys. Ah. Yes. Yeah. It, except your guys don't really appear until they attack. But yeah. It also had some of my favorite music in oh, most so, any video oh, game. It's, so it's such a great soundtrack. Yeah. And it also has one of the most unique endings I've ever seen put to a game. Um pretty much it's open-ended yeah and i'm not talking the ending is open-ended i'm talking the final battle is open-ended like they don't really they let you decide yeah how things go 
And it's a really interesting way of ending the game, and I fully suggest anybody who to go out and play it because it is worth playing all the way through. Oh, it yeah. is a super interesting game. And the third one, it has a direct sequel, but it's not the third game in the Fantasy Star series. That's actually a completely separate game. Yeah. Um, the fourth one is actually the final game in the se- in that story. Yeah. The third game, the third game, uh, the series as a whole, just one through four. It's kind of like one is good. Like people are like one's good. Two is considered to be like you know way better than one. Way better than yeah. one. Oh, three, yeah. One was three is considered. Three is considered like a step back. Like a lot of it's. It's not necessarily a step back. It's a sidestep. I would yeah. say because and, yeah. the whole the whole system of that game is strange. Yeah. It is a generation game. So yeah. essentially, as you're playing the story, you end up playing your own descendants. Yeah. Through like four or five different families and you can change who they're marrying and who right. has what kid and that changes the ending of the game yeah. as well and then four is considered i mean four and two like are always in the toss-up as like not only what is the best game like it's always like it's kind of like 1a and 1b you're either it, it's like you're either you either think two is the best or you think four is the best and mm-hmm. that's not just for the series that is also for like the best rpg on the genesis it's, oh yeah, easy. it's like it's like Fantasy Star easy. Two or Fantasy Star Four, whichever one you decide is like hands down the best, um, you know, RPG on the Genesis. Hmm. But I didn't is... never what uh, what other Genesis RPGs were there? That was the console I never um, owned. <laughs> um, Shining Force and Shining, Shining Force, Force Two. Those are uh, strategy RPGs. Um, yeah. I would consider them RPGs just really right. brutally hard. There really aren't that many for the Genesis. Even if you there are unless you unless you go a step further and kind of include the Sega CD cuz then you have then you have like the Lunar games and those and the Ease games um mm-hmm. and uh like oh God, there was I can't think of but there's There was oh, the original Lunar yeah was on but that, no that was Sega CD. Yeah, so specifically just the Genesis, like it's honestly like those. It's like those four. I mean, beyond Oasis and Landstalker. Yeah, there are a few other, but Shadowrun, Shadowrun. But I mean, yeah. But if you're thinking like, if you're thinking kind of like more traditional RPG, yeah, it's really just Fantasy Star. Yeah, it's literally just Fantasy Star. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting RPG titles on the system, but they aren't fantasy star yeah and today i mean this so the fantasy star series one through four is very easy and it's very accessible to play today like oh yeah they're ported to just about everything i would say probably the even like ios at this point Mm -hmm. probably the best way to do it i would recommend getting that like sonic genesis collection yeah that's a good one for like the 360 ps3 because i think you get all four games as long you do yeah along with like you know streets of rage and I think you get oh, yeah. Shining Force as well. Um, so that is probably definitely that is probably definitely the way to go. Oh yeah, easily. And that one's you can pick up pretty cheap from just about anywhere. Yeah, and, but I mean, two and four, they're both. I mean, they're both great. They're both great games. I like. I've I've played. I played uh, two, and I freaking loved it. I think it's. Awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's just a fantastic series. Yeah, there was a remake of it, but I don't think it came out in America. I do not remember seeing it. Otherwise, I would have been all over that. It came out. I, I there was yeah, there was a PlayStation Two remake of it. Yeah, that's right. And I believe, yeah, it was just mm-hmm. Japan because I remember watching a video on this like a while ago. And yeah, that's right. There yeah. was. It was like 
it was in like that Sega Ages collections where they remade like they remade like Fantasy Star, Space Harrier, Outrun, like a bunch of like their classic games. Actually, I just looked it up. Apparently, it was supposed to be ported over, but it didn't go through for some reason. Oh, okay. Because it looks like Sega reclaimed the publishing rights and then never hmm. never actually decided to bring it over, which is really disappointing, actually. Yeah, it really is a shame. It's kind of, I mean, like, it's not really a hidden gem in that, like, it clearly was, like, the only RPG on the Genesis but in a way it kind of is a hidden gem because a lot of most like i don't there there really weren't a lot of people playing rpgs on the genesis like no like so it's not necessarily a hidden gem but it's it, just maybe something that went unnoticed yeah i mean today i would consider it a hidden gem because i'm sure a lot of people especially people who are like really into playing rpgs probably haven't played it you know, like a lot of like the newer generation probably hasn't played it. I mean, so like it is definitely worth going back and playing. Like, oh yeah, easily. So, but but yeah, that's that. Those are my games. Okay. All right. Well, sounds like Thomas is also rolling out. Yeah, unfortunately, I gotta go. That's okay. But... That's okay. Alan and I. Alan and I will have to pick up the slack. It's okay. I hope so. I look forward to listening to it though. It's okay. All right. Well, Thomas, thanks for sharing, and we will. <laughs> uh, We'll Thanks for having me as always. Yeah, we'll see you next talk week. Talk to you later, buddy. Yeah, talk to you later, guys. All right. Okay, well, Alan and I are going to continue on, and I'm going back to my second game, which is Final Fantasy IX. So good. Um, Alan, have you played Final Fantasy IX? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, so good. So Final Fantasy IX, one of the reasons I like it, I would say that it's probably, I know I said I said ten. But it's it's kind of tough for me, kind of to choose between Final Fantasy Nine and Final Fantasy Ten. But I would Nine. I honestly feel like it's yeah. I mean, it's probably my favorite Final Fantasy game. If I really if I really had to pick, Final Fantasy Nine was also one of like the first RPGs I'd ever played. I'd played Seven, but I never I never I didn't finish it. And then I played through Nine. I remember getting it for like my birthday. It was so great. That's so, really a strange dynamic because, like, I definitely yeah. played two first on SNES, like, oh, way they, back. Actually, the first RPG I ever played was Final Fantasy Mystic Quest for the SNES. <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, what is this? Like, I just didn't understand it because I was like, because I had never played a game like it. And so then I played a little bit of seven and I was like, okay. And I, I like, I, but at nine was like the first RPG I'd really like plowed through and beaten. Yeah, I was like, I was learning to read, playing like Final Fantasy II <laughs> yeah. and like Soul Blazer. Like, it was motivating to me in like first and second grade to learn how to read so I could play those games. Yeah, yeah, Final, yeah, like Final Fantasy Nine. Oh, I just, I, I, I was just, as soon as I say it, I'm just like cherish for so many great memories. But okay, so one of the reasons, one of the things why I think Nine, in my opinion, is the best Final Fantasy game is that 9 was pretty much the last game um, where... Um, I can't even pronounce the guy's name. His last name is Sakaguchi, and like Nobu Umetsu worked on as they were kind of getting ready to leave um, Squaresoft. Before Squaresoft merged Square Enix. So Final Fantasy 9 is a tribute to the rest of the Final Fantasy series. So when you think about 6, 7, and 8... 
Six is still more of like a fantasy setting. I mean, like they have mechs and, and stuff, but I mean, you know, the, the fantasy setting. But it's all based around magic and like right. mythical creatures, yeah. Right. Even and those then, technologies, yeah. Right. And then you go to seven, which is more modern. And then you go to eight, which is like really modern. So yeah. nine was like a throwback. One, going back to not only like a fantasy setting, but the bringing back of like the crystals, which is like a big, you know, big component to almost all the Final Fantasy games. Um, like bringing back Moogles who like weren't even in seven. Um, I can't even remember if they're in eight or not. I don't think they really were um, like chokebos were a bigger part. And you also went back to the party system, a four player party system because seven and eight had three characters as opposed to four. And you also went back towards more traditional characters, whereas in seven and eight, everybody can kind of be whatever they want. Um, you know, like in seven, anybody can have any magic or, you know, you, you, like those roles don't really exist. Whereas in nine, everybody is a specific class. Like you have a mage, a knight, a thief, you know, so on like that. Yeah. So you go back to that. Um, almost all of the music. Well, there is there's definitely original music for the game. They use a lot of um, themes from the other games like in in their setting. So like, for example, you know, in there's a part where like the plane crashes at the very beginning and there's this band playing music and they're playing the Rufus Shinra, like the welcome, welcoming theme. Like, so like they have all these throwbacks towards the rest of the series and it just, it works really well. Like, and the game, like it, it's so it's as a tribute to the rest of the series, it is done very well. Um, the story is kind of, um, you know, the story is, is like, I, I don't, I don't think the story is like super overpowering or anything. I don't, I wouldn't say it's probably the best final fantasy story. Um, you know, it's like guy, you know, that kind of, uh, kind of an every man. Yeah. yeah that kind of like unsung hero, you know, like, like an Aladdin type character yeah. is, is ultimately the guy I think of where, you know, he's like, you know, kind of this scoundrel and he's a thief. And then like, you know, he's ultimately like in love with the princess and, you know, so you kind of have that, you kind of have that going on. And then, you know, the, the rest, like the rest of the plot towards the end, it kind of like slips away a little bit, but the game has amazing for the time, like the full motion video or like the, the videos, like the cutscenes, they're so like great. And, and like, and powerful and there's a million side quests in the game i mean you could easily spend 80 hours in this game yeah there's a there's a cutscene that i distinctly remember i think it's like one of the first times you fly in the airship and you're headed through one of the gates oh and yeah. there's like two other airships chasing you trying to shoot you down and like you just make it through the gate and one of them like hits the gate and yeah explodes, one of, like yeah one of the awesome. it's, yeah it's one of like the super black mages who's who's yeah yeah yeah, it's it's so cool. Like the one I always the one I always remember the first time I think of whenever I think of Final Fantasy Nine is when Alexandria, the main town, um, is under attack and like Bahamut is the one attacking it, and then like he pulled like Bahamut like this you know the giant dragon like is attacking the city and like the city uses like it's like magic wings to like protect itself. Oh, it's so cool. But the game, the game's like score is amazing. Like everything about the game is just done so well. 
but it even has like a great cards. Well, no, we the card the card the card system the card system is kind of confusing, but the card game was still definitely fun, and yeah. it added just like it was just like another side game, like yeah. a side quest, like yeah, now, getting all the cards and beating like all the oh yeah, and like the masters, Mo- yeah, the uh, the Moogle side quest where it's like the Moogles are like mail recipients, and you have to like go around and get all like send all the mail so you can open up like the moogle central um the game has one of the most difficult side boss characters you will ever fight like uh when you do you have to do the chocobo challenge where you have to get a golden chocobo um and then so you can fly to like heaven and fight this character osmond who is the ultimate like boss he is infinitely more difficult than the than the final boss and it is one of like you need your characters to be like level 80 like easily in order to even have a chance at fighting him. Now, I will say, one of the only downfalls I have with this game is that it is impossible to get 100% completion. Not that there is, like, an actual completion thing, because in order, there's one weapon, you have to get um, Steiner, one of the, you know, uh, he's, like, the big knight character. Yeah. To get his final, to get his ultimate weapon, you need to reach like the fourth disc in like 13 hours and so which is like i guess possible you'd have to like win every battle and not do any side quests at all but if you do (laughs) it if you do it you get his ultimate weapon which realistically isn't that much more powerful than his second to last weapon um it's his final weapon's called like excalibur 2 um but so in order to get that you would have to like bypass the rest of the game so like there's and there's side quests that are dependent upon like you like going back at specific times and things and whatnot. So like yeah. it, it would be impossible to get everything in the game hmm. without a cheat code. I mean, not that it's that, like, not that it's like a super big deal, but to some people it is. <laughs> it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, it, it might be possible. Like I'm sure somebody's probably done it. I definitely cannot do it. There's no, way. <laughs> there, yeah. In this game, you can, you you can still buy like the PS1 version on like Amazon for like 15 bucks, and you can play it. You can you can download it. Um, yeah, it's on PlayStation Network. It's on as PlayStation well. Network for like five bucks, um, so it is without question definitely, definitely worth checking out. It's one of the best Final Fantasies in the series, um, probably. I mean, one of the top ten RPGs on the PS One, in my humble opinion, it's one of my top ten RPGs of all time. So, you know, it's actually one of my top ten, like one of my top three games of all time. So. This one had it had a very good art, like as the last of that composer and Hironobu Sakuchi yeah. writer. The art style in that game, like, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was really good. Like yeah. you touched on, it was a throwback with all the characters sort of filling a class, yeah, instead of kind of just being like unique, you right. know, personality characters like Seven or right. Eight. Every character, like Vivi, was clearly a black mage. They were yeah. never like. Oh, yeah. you picked the black mage class. No, Vivi was just a black mage. Yeah. And, like, the characters, you know, one of the things I really like about this, and one of the things I will give f- the Final Fantasy series in in itself, is that they really try to, is, like, character development. And that's something I'm really big on just in stories in general. Like, I can over, I can always overlook a good, like, a, a plot. Like, the plot can be terrible as long as there's good character development. And this game definitely has that like that is like that is you can tell it's focus over plot so for me that's always a big big plus so and that that like 
like like there's several times where you will like split off and like have like just little like mini not really missions but little like quests or whatever with like a specific character or like a different group or whatever and it's one of the games where it's it's one of the final fantasies where i as i touched on last week about final fantasy 9 one of the things i really enjoyed was that in this game it's like i want to play all the characters and i can't you know whereas in final fantasy 10 you can switch them out because like they're they're right. all of their battle systems are so different like vivi and or vivi and steiner like if you're going to have one of them in your group you might as well have both of them because they work together right right like you know you can vv can use magic to, and put it on steiner's sword which actually makes a, some of vv's magic because some of his magic like doom would hit the entire group including yourself if you didn't do the magic sword version so there's like so there, there's no reason to not have both those characters and by doing that that only opens it up for one more character right yeah you get sometimes you get pushed into there's certainly there's certainly less viable combinations oh yeah yeah definitely so yeah, Final Fantasy Nine, without question, worth checking out. It's so good. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, last one of the day. Uh, we're gonna stick with the Final Fantasy theme, uh, and actually sort of talked on it. Like this is a game that holds a special place in my heart because I basically learned to read playing this game. Like yeah. when I was in you know kindergarten and and first grade. In second grade, like we had, a, I had my, I had my regular Nintendo first. We didn't really like, I didn't have the Final Fantasy on that. I didn't really need right. to, to read to play like Demon Sword or like, right? Uh, I can't even remember some of the other just like silly games that I had for that system. You just played, you just, it, I mean, you just push the buttons and stuff happened. Like Mario, you didn't need to read. Yeah. But Final Fantasy, and specifically in this case, Final Fantasy, I call it two, <laughs> but it's four. Right. Right, uh, because just Square like, Enix, just, yeah, just like knows we can't count. <laughs> just like well, Square Soft, as we have we've been touching on today, that, that would not have been Square Enix. Well. You're right. You're yeah. correct. Let's see. <laughs> but uh, just this this game went through, and it it had the class system. So the first yeah. thing you're introduced to is Cecil as a as a Dark Knight, and just to sort of sum up the beginning, he works for the Kingdom of Baron, and their king is attempting to gain control of all the crystals. So you have this plot that's based around the crystals, and really for a while, I mean, I guess five did it, but no one here played that at yeah. that time. But three, you know, six didn't didn't have that. Right. Seven didn't have crystals. Eight and nine brought it back. So it it had crystals, and in the U.S. it was it was the last to do that for quite a long time. Yeah. And you're trying to gather up all the crystals. Well, you start to have some conflict, and you and your friend, and probably my favorite. Uh, protagonist in all the Final Fantasy series, Kane, uh, end up leaving the kingdom. And Kane is a dragoon and he has the jump ability, which I, I thought was like so freaking cool. Oh yeah, it is. When I was a kid. Cause, and I, still, and I, st I still think it's super cool. Like, I don't know why. I still just think it's the coolest ability. And, uh, and so you, I mean, you travel through, there's playable characters that change throughout the game. You play with five in your party. Yeah. So, which is a ton. So, I mean, all these characters have unique abilities. You end up with a ninja who has like ninja magic. You've got at the end of the game, you have a paladin. You've got yeah. the dragoon cane, and you've got the summoner and black magic user, and then a white magic user. Yeah, it's an archer. Like just, just so such a different style for each character, and you you develop the relationships even with the characters that come and go. Like you get a 
like a brawler, Yang, who can do like the kick that kicks for like almost no damage all the bad guys at once. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sid makes an appearance. Uh, just an epic story on a grand scale. Oh, it is. It really is. It probably, in my opinion, it's probably the best. Because um, the way I kind of look at the Final Fantasy series is like one through six is like where is like one set of games and then seven through nine is another set of games and then it's like you know that like you know you like i break them up into the i don't know why i just subconsciously do it and i so would like, say, i would say i honestly want to i know a lot of i know we've touched on six but i honestly think four is the best story the the of, one of downfall to four story is the the villain like if yeah. the game ended when you stopped golbez like when you right stopped him and he realized that or he was under the control of Zeramus or whatever <clears throat> and he wasn't and he wasn't the bad guy anymore like once right. you took him down that was the villain but then they kind of they kind of threw in another villain and they gave you the moon so you got to go right. to the moon now and like go through this ridiculously hard dungeon if you're not grinded yeah and and then there's a lot of side stuff in there too so you fight basically a boss to get some of the end weapons for each character you, there's a cave on the moon where you fight Bahamut and you have to beat him in like 10 turns or yeah. he nukes you. Yeah. And it's like actually called Nuke. <laughs> oh. In the original Super Nintendo version, um, some of the translations were pretty funny. And then like that was the last one that did like – no, Final Fantasy VI did it as well. But they weren't called Fire, Fyra, and, right. and Firaga. It was just Fire, Fire 1, Fire 2, Fire yeah, 3, yeah. Or Fire 4 or whatever. And Cure was the same. Life yeah. was also the same. And it wasn't Ultima. It was Medio. Yeah. It was just like a rain of meteors. Right. Yeah, yeah, And it wasn't uh, like Holy wasn't the powerful white magic spell. It was uh, white. Yeah. So it's just like, in my opinion, what you made the distinction with one through six. I would actually put six in the second half. Because it did sort of change yeah. the technology level. Like you had an airship and you had a moon ship, the big whale. You had the right. big whale before, but they weren't necessarily like explained technology that everyone right. understood. There was like mythical stuff for the big whale. And then airships right. were just like mechanical right. stuff. And in in six you got more of that like steampunk, like the Empire's technology that they right. built magic was very steampunk and it had right. the feel had sort of the same feeling that seven had in some cases. Yeah. And so I would attach that and like so one, two, three, four, five, and nine, and then six, seven, eight, ten. Yeah. Would kind of yeah. be like Yeah. They have two very different atmospheric feelings. Right. And then thirteen's like obviously super like advanced. And yeah. and twelve twelve kind of throwback that just didn't Yeah. Like yeah. Twelve in that the whole Eva Lee series is kind of in like um, it's almost said it's like its own. I mean, it is fantasy setting. It definitely is. But uh, just so again, special place in my heart. Learning to read so that I can understand what's going on, and right. then playing it with my dad. Like yeah. when we first rented Final Fantasy VI, for example, like we, you know, you only had five days to beat it. So like he would play when he could play, and I would play, and when I would when I could play, like during school or after school or whatever. And right. we would just like tell each other what happened. Yeah. Oh, so really? We still got the whole story, and then eventually, like, we'd rent it again, and we beat it each our own. But like, that was just a super strong like memory of my childhood. So these get these both these games hold a special place. So it may not be the best, and the villain situation isn't great, but the characters 
and some of the unique things to it, like the five five in a party, each character being very unique, which was, I mean, that wasn't really like one, two, and three. I didn't two and three weren't around here, and right. Like one, it didn't really. None of the characters really mattered themselves in that one. You said four heroes of light, right? Yeah, they and didn't they, ever and, say anything. <laughs> yeah, and they could be whatever. They could be whatever. And, right. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and it really for me, Final Fantasy Four, like Cecil as a main character is so great. Right? Yes. You know, because he goes from like dark, he goes from like Dark Knight to Paladin, and like that, like in itself, is so cool. Because I. You have that transformation with several, with a couple different characters in the game. Like yeah. uh, Edward sort of goes through this transformation of he's a bard and he's kind of weak and doesn't he can't really fight and like he's in your party and you have to deal with like a completely useless character. Right. Like, literally, he runs away in yeah. the fight if he gets hit. It's yeah. that sad and like so he he kind of goes through this transformation throughout the game as well to where he grows. And when uh, Cecil becomes a paladin, Tella, who's a, yeah. an elder mage, regains his prior magic knowledge to right. his youth. And right. it actually ends up being the first actual main character death in a Final Fantasy game. Yes. Knowledge. Yeah. Not Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And one of, you know, one of the... Three Final Fantasy VII fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so one of the things... Like I always appreciated about Final Fantasy IV, especially looking back now, is I remember like hearing so many people talk about it at school and whatnot, and it was one of those first games where this was like you know before the internet, right? I mean, like the internet was around, but it wasn't like as popular as it is today, where we can just go look up all the spoilers, right? But it was one of the things where people were like, you know, you heard all the rumors, like people were like, oh, Cecil doesn't have to turn into a paladin and people were like oh there's <laughs> gotta be a way like you know like maybe people were like oh there's a way to keep him as like a dark knight like the whole game like i remember like that and like i remember and like that's something i really missed like the whole like where you really had to like search for easter eggs and yeah you know, it, like, little exploits and stuff yeah because and like because i remember like so many people being like oh i bet you there like you know pe- like i remember people trying so hard to like there's got to be a way to keep him like exploring like the whole freaking game like just to be like just to try and keep him like as a like as a dark knight uh and then there was like a lot of secret hidden stuff too oh, there like, was, uh, yeah. it, there's there's at one point in the palace on the moon the basically the end dungeon yeah there's like there's just a, a invisible bridge yeah and to get one of the final weapons you have to notice it and walk on it and i like i think my friend thomas accidentally ran into it one time and that's how we found it like we i didn't know it was there i'd beaten the game several times this is actually the only game I've ever done a speed run for. Oh wow! We sat down and I beat this game in one day, and like it took like twelve hours. My my uh, Rydia and Rosa had like fifteen hundred hit points. It was <laughs> it was really hard. I basically just had to throw my most powerful weapons because they were useless to attack with. But Edge's throw still always made them do nine 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 nine. Yeah. Wow. The first game I ever did a speedrun for, it was actually pretty awesome. It is also a Final Fantasy game. Um, it was me and two of my buddies. We It was like in the summer. It was like the summer after like we had graduated high school. So we're like all getting ready to go off to college and whatnot. And um, we all got together and we just bought like, you know, like three cases of Mountain Dew and like, you know, like the little like $5 Little Caesars pizzas. And uh, we all started Final Fantasy X. And we tr- like we tried to all start it at like the exact same time. 
And like that obviously didn't happen. But we were like, <laughs> well, we were like so close, and we were like playing with the sound up, so it would be like you know, you know, you know, you know, like we're all like, we're all like hearing the like volume of everyone else's game. It was so funny. Oh, but yeah, now I want to do a, now. Now I want to do a speed run of Final Fantasy IV. See, see how you long. can do it. You yeah. can do it. See how long. See how long it would take me. It's probably a, you know twenty five hours if you yeah. get all the stuff and properly grind, but. Yeah. It's doable in 12 or, or oh, maybe yeah. a little less. Yeah. So now this game is definitely accessible in so many different variants. And so, even in a remake. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So there, so there is the original SNES version, which a lot of people will argue is probably the best version. Um, there was most notably probably the DS remake where it's a 3D remake. Yeah. Um, which is good. Like a lot of – it has – they had like cutscenes and whatnot. Um, it's ported to just about everything. You can get it on the PlayStation One in those like anthology collections. I think that is the one that I think comes that was with Chronicles or something. Um, I have it. Hold on, let me. Because uh... they did anthology, which you would think, oh, that's every game. Nope, it's just five and six. You anthology does not include everything in Square Enix. Uh, well. Yeah, anthology or is SquareSoft. Five... Yeah, World. Sorry. anthology yeah. is five and six. So it is Chronicles, which is four and Chrono Trigger. Yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy Chronicles includes Chrono Trigger. Yeah, because I have Final, I have I have Origins and Anthology. So the one I'm yeah the one I'm missing is is uh, four and Chrono Trigger. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy four, you know, you know, it's pro. I would say it's probably the third best, uh, third best RPG on the SNES. That would be that would be having six and Chrono Trigger ahead of it. That's fair. Yeah. I I don't uh, – there is – other than that 6 is clearly the best, uh, I, it's so hard for me to rate these games against you. Like Shadowrun was such an awesome game. Right. Obviously not like a JRPG like we think. Right. The Shadowrun on, on Super Nintendo is like still one of the coolest games ever. Yeah. I actually just watched a video of somebody comparing the Genesis and SNES versions. And I guess there's like a lot – it's – uh, like it's kind of like a big divide upon which upon like what which one people think is actually actually better. We may have to do we may have to do a like comparison podcast at some point where we I like, I, uh, I played that one. I played the Sega when I like it was pretty recent like within the last year and I just couldn't get into it the yeah. same way. Like it's it's very it's sort of a choose your own. Yeah. It has open world aspects like you kind of pick what missions you want to do at the start, but right. there's really no help. Like nothing tells right. you what to do so like if you read about it it's going to tell you that the first you know few hours of the game are just punishing you you're just going to die like a lot until something clicks and maybe you get lucky and then you can kind of move on right whereas the the super nintendo one is very story based but there's also lots of like extra side stuff you can go do and then there's just like cool guns and like you get the runners to come with you like different runners for your style it's got a magic system that's really accessible and just cool, like cool, like it immerses you, I feel like, with the art style better into the Shadowrun, which is like super awesome lore. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, okay, okay. So back, so back, back to Final Fantasy IV, we go off on Shadowrun. For a while. <laughs> okay, so would you say, in your opinion, what is the version to play? 
Um, well, I own two copies of the cartridge Super Nintendo version. Whoa! And, but they're not—they're not super easy to find. I mean, you can get one, but and you're not paying like Suikoden in two price. But right. it's probably like forty to sixty bucks, right. and you got to have a working Super Nintendo, which I actually don't have. Yeah, I have or, two I mean, copies yeah. of the game. Well, I mean, you could get—you could get one of those um, clone systems. Oh, sure, that's like, true. Yeah, like the Retron Five or. Um, I was not a big fan of the PlayStation ports on those. Just because they they felt a little clunkier, right? Six. The same was true with six and five. Like I mean, right. I guess we re- I played five on an emulator with the right. full translated, and I thought it was better like in the super right. environment than the PlayStation environment. So, would, but but say, going with the 3DS remake, uh, I played it a little bit, and it just again it just felt like it made the game take longer. Yeah, I guess it's kind of it's it's kind of. It's kind of whatever you like, you know. It's kind of like like some people like playing like the 3D, like the full 3D versions. I actually really enjoy like the sprite-based graphics, like and like I en- like I like like I you know like I like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like 3D polygons and stuff, but it's like there's something about like playing a sprite-based RPG that I just I don't know what it is. I just like it. I, I really I really enjoy it. So for me, I personally would go with the SNES version. I think that's I think I think playing the SNES version, be it emulator or the actual cartridge, or however you want to do it, um, is you know is probably the way to go. I think this game. I'm sure it's probably on like iOS. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, it yeah. is. And I know that there was also a Game Boy. Yeah, there was a Game Boy Advance <coughs> version. Um, which was also yep. like slightly different. I know it's on the PSP as, and the PSP version I think is more close to the PS One version. Um, and I believe the PSP version also has the After Years in it. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, which we got to talk about for a quick, at least for a quick second. I've only kind of briefly looked at it. There, there, there wasn't much left unresolved, right? Like. Yeah. Like to keep the spoilers to a minimum, like a couple of the characters that you meet towards the end of the game, you find out that there's like this race of moon people, and they go off to sleep for a while. Right. And the bad guy's gone, and you go back to Earth, and you know characters get married, and everyone lives happily ever after, but not because the creator right is this new villain for the after years. Right. Have you played it? I have not. See, I see for me, I kind of had a problem. I kind of had an issue with it in general in that I was kind of in the camp that like the Final Fantasy games should be standalones, right? Like like for the longest time it was just like, oh, they were just they were standalone games, right? Yeah. And then I, it was either X2 or Advent Children. I can't remember which one came out first. Was where they're like, okay, we're gonna start adding to the Final Fantasy games. And so for me, it like even like X2 was, I was kind of like, I just don't think this should exist. You know, <laughs> like I just, you know, I just, I just don't think this should exist. So like, I, I will, I'll probably play it at some point. Um, it's, 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 it's pretty low on my. Um, it's pretty low on my list of games that I like. I, I want to play as I have a enormous backlog of games. So yeah, I'm sure that at some point I'll probably replay Final Fantasy IV. Um, I'm kind of in this mode where I'm actually well, I kind of want to replay all the Final Fantasies, just like one through like one through six, maybe not seven. Maybe yeah, I'll probably replay them all. I don't know. And so when I do replay four, I will um, 
I'll plow through the after years. I'm trying to figure out what was the first because the film was Advent Children, and no, then there was no, there, like Church no, of Cerberus, and no, there was the Final Fantasy movie, which was just Final Fantasy the movie. Which like no, that was called Advent Children. No, Advent Children is the movie about Final Fantasy Seven. There was oh, that's yeah, that's, there was there that's was what I'm talking about yeah, yeah, Seven yeah. was the sequel game. Yeah, yeah, there was, but there was a just standalone Final Fantasy movie. Oh right, no, that's yeah, terrible. That was, it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Okay, so there was so Final Fantasy Seven. There is it's Crisis Core and Dirge. Well, Final Fantasy VII, there's quite a bit of stuff. There was there's like a mobile game or something, which I, I think takes place even before, before Crisis, Crisis yeah. Core, which was like only in Japan and like not even on smartphones. It was on like phones before, like it was on like yeah, it was, it, but yeah. So it like almost doesn't even count. So then there is, um, there's Crisis Core. Then there's like a Japanese OAV, which is like takes place like which like you can just watch. That's like. 26 minutes and it's like kind of the events of like the end of crisis core leading into final fantasy seven then it's final fantasy seven then it's advent children which is two years after final fantasy seven then it's um dirge of Cerberus, which i think is like two years after advent children then technically there is the hidden ending in final fantasy seven which isn't really a hidden ending it's just like after the credits where it's like 200 years after and it's just like Red 13 looking over Midgar. So it's kind of like the you, there's like a lot in the Final Fantasy 7 timeline. But I but and then I looked it all up. Uh yeah. so I wanted to know which one actually was like physically made first. And 102 was the first 102 was was the first sequel. Like it was a couple years later when Dirge of Cerberus came out yeah. and Crisis 4 was a year after that. So, so, oh, so goes, yeah. <laughs> so ten, yeah. So ten two, ten two is the one that ruined that ruined Final Fantasy. Ugh, man, and now we've got three thirteens. Oh, it's yeah. I I still haven't even finished Final Fantasy thirteen. I'm like I'm towards the end, but I, I just can't do it. Oh man! All right, more tangents. Yeah. So. Play Final Fantasy four if you haven't played Final Fantasy four yet. Yeah, yeah. Play Final, yeah. Play Final Fantasy Four. It is def is you, you cannot go wrong. I, I mean, honestly, for me, it's kind of like if you look through one through one through, you know, even one one through thirteen, excluding, you know, eleven, eleven, right? So, so you know, the twelve actual Final Fantasy games. I mean, there's like the ones that I think that are like really worth like you know if we, if we were to rank them like four is definitely towards the top. Oh yeah. Like I mean. You know, six is probably the best. Four is definitely, you know, uh, four is definitely one of the better ones. It is definitely one of the definitely one of the better Final Fantasies to 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 play. Back when we thought there might be a chance that it was actually the Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now we're we're sure yeah. there's a hundred more. <laughs> yeah. Now there's like a hundred Final Fantasy games. So okay. yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, that is our show. Um. I am Matt Brady, and Thomas would be here, but I guess he left. So I don't, I don't, I don't know where he is. We tossed him. He's yeah. out of here, and I don't think he's made a Twitter yet. So I guess you can you can follow me at um, Super Gains Bros on Twitter. You can follow Alan at his personal Facebook, which is still. So. I I realized I didn't spell.
Okay, so I better spell it because you'll never guess it if if I don't. It's A L L Y N dot yeah. Thomas spelled normally dot ninety two on Facebook. So yes. look me up, check me out. You know, send yes. in an email if you have a question. We've got a box trick email, right? We do have a box trick email. You can also leave comments in the YouTube videos, um, and you can ask us questions, and we will we will definitely answer them. If you ask a question, we, probably if, really fast. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. If you ask a question, we will definitely answer. I think our I think our next video is um, we've got some we've, or next uh, podcast. I haven't really decided yet what we're gonna do. We're work, we're probably it's probably gonna be our top ten video game consoles of all time. Yeah, I just got your list today, and I'm like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't know, ten consoles is a lot of consoles. <laughs> it is, it is. So anyway, that is our show, and as always, thanks for listening.